next uh, several weeks, I'd like to, with you, dive into the book of Ephesians. So I look forward to the study. I think maybe I'll just give a little commercial. <clears throat> years, several years ago, I, I looked through the book of Romans. Woke up in the morning, went down to my library and looked for a book to read for worship. And I said, Father, what would you have me read? What would you have me study for our time together? Went through the library, looked at several books, and just none of them really spoke to me, right? I opened the, the Bible, as, you know, should have been my first place to go to, but I went to the Bible and opened the Bible, and I went through and looked through the Bible, 66 books. I thought, what would you have me read? I finally landed on the book of Romans. Um, I don't understand Romans to this day. It's still, you know, there's a lot in it that, that I still don't, you know, that I grapple with. But the overarching theme in the book of Romans, I looked at and I says, you know what? I see two men in this book being spoken about. One I was, and the other one I was not. I very much wanted to be the man that I was not. Sixth generation Adventist. That began my walk my journey, if you will. So I'd like to go through a walk with you in the book of Ephesians. Very similar, but much shorter. <clears throat> Today is kind of a, kind of a, a high level, if you will. It's, it's a high level in that it's a parable. Jesus spoke in parables. All in his experience here on earth, he spoke in parables, stories. He talked to his followers. So today I'd like to, if you would indulge me, I'd like to tell you a parable. But before we begin, I'd like to uh, have a word of prayer. <clears throat> Father Nevin, we've been on a journey. The highs and lows of this journey, but you've been there. I thank you for that. Thank you for the time that we have this morning to share what's been studied and what's been learned. To share some of the ideas that, that are in this parable. I pray that we see, that we understand, and we uh, allow to work into our lives the message that you have for us. Guide us this morning, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, to begin, uh, to begin this study, I would like to uh, invite you to turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6 through 8. It says, take a lesson from the, the ants, you lazy bones. Today I'm not 
suggesting that you're lazy bones. Some translations call it sluggard. Today we're not getting into the idea that maybe you're sluggards or lazy bones. There's a message that I'd like to share with you today. Take a lesson from the ants. As we study nature, I believe that there's lessons that we can, that we can learn. Whether you're lazy or whether you're not, whether you're very industrious or you get nothing done, there is something that we can learn from nature. Proverbs chapter 6, 6 through 8 says, Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise, though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work. They labor hard, hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. So there's a message, I believe, that we can learn from nature. Today... Well, at the beginning of the school year, I took the kids to learn about the honeybee. I think there's lots of lessons that we can learn from the honeybee. Today, I would like you to uh, spend some time with me, and let's study a fish tank. Many of you may know, many of you may not know, that I have an aquarium here at the, in the office at the church. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I look at the pictures that, that are online. I look at other people's tanks, and I think, beauty. Oh, it's so beautiful. There is a, there is a zoo in Omaha that when we were in Lincoln, I was going through Union, we would go every once in a while to this zoo. My favorite place to go in this zoo was the aquarium. And in the aquarium there was a tunnel or a tube where I could where you could walk through and there's benches and I would many times go in and I would lay down on one of the benches and I would look up and I would see fish shark different fish swimming swimming overhead oh I just loved it all the colors just just beautiful and I, I loved it and I loved looking at it and it it brought a certain um, sense of peace and uh, it just it really fed my soul. Just like going into nature, you can walk down trails and you can see the, hear the birds and you can see the trees swaying, swaying back and forth. It's, it's beautiful. So I looked at the tank. I have a freshwater tank at home. And I've, I've always kind of wondered what would it be like to have a saltwater? What would it be like to have a saltwater tank? So I began searching. My wife, when we were still in Bonner's Ferry, told me of an ad on Facebook Marketplace. Somebody was giving away a 55-gallon aquarium. I said, oh, great. <laughs> oh, great. I'd like it. So giving it free, that's a pretty good price, isn't it? So I, um, I contacted them, and I said I'd like it. So I went down, and I put, now I have their fish in my tank at home. So I had an empty tank, and I brought the tank to the church. Tracy and her daughters helped uh, bring it, and we put it on the floor, and I ordered a stand, and once I got the stand, I set the stand up, and I heard voices in the other room. I heard voices in the other room, and I said, I'm not going to ask for help yet, right? I'm not going to help 
I'm not going to ask for help yet. There's voices in the other room. As soon as I need it, I'll go in and ask them. Well, I put the stand together and pushed it against the wall. The tank was empty, right, mind you. And I listened for the voices. These ever-helpful voices that very much would have helped if I would have asked were gone. They didn't know that I needed help because I didn't go and ask them, <laughs> right? right? So I went into the office and looked around, went down behind the window, you know, looked out the windows. Everybody who was there was gone. I was like, oh, Lord, now what? Well, it's just 55 gallons. You know, it's just a 55-gallon tank, and it's not going to be that heavy. I figured 50, 60 pounds. No, it's closer to 80 um, I got down and began to lift it and got it up halfway and you stand, uh, I stand here today to tell you that this is the result of what happened that fateful day, July 5, 2019. <laughs> halfway up, I heard and felt a pop and felt the most excruciating pain I've ever experienced in my life. Um, and there I was, halfway up, holding a fish tank that I did not want broken, right? I didn't want to break the tank, but I knew I hurt myself, twisted a muscle, you know, pulled a muscle, something like that. I was like, okay, suck it up. Pull it together. You can do this. So I got it and pushed it up onto the stand. Well, um, sometime later, well, m much time later, January 9, 2020, I had the repair of a distal bi bicep reconstruction with a, um, a donor, or it's a, it's a tendon from a donor put in. Oh, yes. A wonderful, glorious experience in order to get a saltwater tank in my church office. <laughs> yes, yes. But it's interesting as I've gone through this experience. It's interesting as I've gone through the experience of the growth of this fish tank. Judy and I have conversations on and off, and today I'd like to share some of my experience, some of the, the things that I've, I've seen. Many, some of you have fish or eating fish doesn't count. Some of you have aquariums. Um, yeah, so you're kind of familiar maybe with what, with what I'll be talking about. The saltwater world is much more um, challenging or more of an opportunity uh, to learn a lot of things. So I might be speaking uh, Greek to some of you right now. But in order to get a tank started, it needs to go through what's called the nitrogen cycle, and it needs to go through this loop once before you start introducing life into it. So it needs to go through and uh, waste from just being there, um, water. So, okay, so I'll back up. I dumped water, I dumped salt, put the rock, it was white, 
put live sand in the aquarium, meaning all the mi microbes were in the sand. And I put that all in a tank, mixed up the salt, and this is what I was left with here. Very murky, very kind of a cloudy, cloudy water. And then began the process. Now we can get back here. Then began the process of the nitrogen cycle. Um, the waste um, just from um, life, just from water being present. Uh, there is a cycle going. Um, there's waste. Waste breaks down to ammonia. And then it turns into nitrates through nitrifying bacteria. And then nitrifying bacteria turns it into nitrates. And nitrates accumulate or build up in the tank. And you got to do a water change. Put in new waters, or in my case, it was salt water. Remove the bad and put in new. And as you continue this cycle, uh, the tank becomes safer and safer. Safer and safer for life. Safer and safe, safer for visible life. Fish, um, crab, uh, whatever I want in there. Snails, it's safe for them. So the cycle began, and they say that the first thing present when your cycle has completed, your nitrogen cycle has completed, is what they call diatoms. Diatoms is a kind of a brown or a tan material. It's not really, um, it's not algae, but, it, but they call it an algae that starts to build up on the rock, starts to build up on the walls of the fish tank, starts to build up on everything. So I was super glad when the diatoms came, wasn't I? Yeah, I was like, hoo-hoo, diatoms are here. And so as soon as they were here, then I introduced um, snails, five different kinds of snails. And when the snails came, then, you know, I put them in, and they began the work of cleaning the tank. They began the work of removing all the diatoms, and this process of life uh, continued. It's, it's interesting, my elders, we were having a meeting Monday evening, and Craig was sitting on the chair looking at the tank, and he was like, there's something in the sand. What is that? There's something in the sand moving around. What is that? Life. Life. Life was growing in the tank and it was so cool to see so cool to see as life began I began to check the different parameters in a saltwater tank there's temperature there's pH there's gravity or salinity there's alkalinity ammonia nitrites nitrates all these different things you need to check for the tank and it's interesting if my temperature is 80 degrees or if my temperature is 60 degrees, it impacts what's going on in the tank. It impacts the health of the fish. It impacts the health of zooplankton. It impacts the whole tank in general. pH, if it's too high, if it's too low, it affects very much what is going on in the tank. So I try very hard to maintain I try very hard to maintain uh, salinity of between 1.023 and 1.025. Sometimes it gets high, and everybody starts closing up. 
my coral starts closing up. It starts to not like the high salt content in the water. So it starts to close up. And it starts, I can imagine sitting there thinking, man, I don't like it here. How's it going to change? How's it going to stop? So I come in uh, Sunday or sometime during the week, and I'll change, I'll change the water, bring the salt water down so it's healthier, safer for the life in the tank. The fish don't like it. So here's a list of kind of some of the things that I, that I ch- check. I talked about zooplankton. In this little video, you can see, uh, if you look, you'll be able to see something scurrying around. You see it? Maybe it's going to loop again. Yeah, see it? Right above my cursor, right there. Zooplankton, it's super cool. As soon as it started growing and I started seeing it screwing around in the sand, and it's really interesting. Um, there's tanks that they say, uh, your fish, if you have fish, they kind of move around a little bit. When they're swimming around, they, they, they act like they're getting tickled. They were like, your zooplankton is too much. So your fish don't like it. So check the zooplankton. Copepods, um, amphipods, different things crawling around in the sand. And it's interesting, there needs to be a balance in the sand of life. If there isn't a balance in the sand of life, what would happen if I have so many um, microorganisms in the sand, what would it look like? It would take over the tank, wouldn't it? So I have life. I have snails. And I began to introduce coral. See the coral here? Little pieces. Little one right there, right above my cursor. One right here, right above my cursor. There's another one right here, all my snails. And there began to grow a kind of a brown little layer right there. Little worms going through the sand, living, living, cleaning the sand, moving around, doing their thing. And it was so cool to see all these different things going on in my tank. There's the introduction of coral. Nemo, you see Nemo here? Right above my cursor. Little Nemo, I have a, I have three fish now. So there's a slight hue of brown. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Growth, life, The tank is developing and maturing very slowly, but it is maturing. Some people, it's interesting, they like to build their tank, then they like to get their salt water, then they like to get their live rock and their sand and all these different things and then dump it all in the tank and hope they have life flourish over time. And they're talking, they talk, I read forums and they talk about how actually Uh, Typically what happens is 
when you go through that process, you actually have quite high die-off. Um, fish die, different things die, because you don't have a good base. Your sand is not right, your coral is not right, your rock um, is not right. So there, there needs to be a slow kind of a build-up, slow process. So here you get to see my fish again, fish again, my tank began to grow. I was gone over Christmas. And I got a text from Judy. And she said, your tank sounds funny. And I went in and looked at it, and it's brown, really brown along the sides. What do you, do you want me to do, do anything? Well, we had already started driving home. So I was like, well, just let's, let's leave it and I'll check it when I get home. The water was really low, and um, so I did a water change. And it's interesting when I look at the tank and I look at the development and growth here. Uh, I did a little research. Do you ever eat too much? You ever eaten too much? What happens when you eat too much? Get a tummy ache? I started researching and checking out, why do I have the problem that I do? They said, well, you're feeding your fish too much. I was going to be gone for Christmas, and so I, I didn't want anything to die. and So I upped the amount of food that they were getting fed. I ended up with problems. I ended up with problems. Fish were being expected to eat more than they could actually consume. So I, I had problems. I had, a, I had created an imbalance. I had created a, a, a problem. Does that ever, ever happen here? In church? Spiritually? We eat so much. What, what's the result of that? Yeah. My tank began to grow. My rock changing colors. And as it grew, I became more excited. You look here and you see it kind of blends in some coral. Really little when I got it. Very small. It's happy. It likes the, the environment that I put it in. It's growing slowly but it's growing here's another coral slowly it's growing but it's growing it's so cool to see all these different things as the as the tank matures doesn't happen overnight they say a healthy tank a tank that lives the long haul is a tank that grows slowly it grows and it goes through its algae and bacteria growth and maturing gradually. So here we have a, uh, this is not a current picture, but I started getting a, an algae. So I scratched my head and I wondered. Aside from me going in there with a, uh, with a uh, toothbrush and scrubbing off 
all the different algaes. What, what should I do? I needed the lawn mowed. <laughs> I needed the lawn mowed. So I went and bought a lawnmower Blenny, <laughs> little fish. That is his specialty, going around and eating all the different kinds of algae in the tank, eating the algae and cleaning up the rock. Super cool. He's really ugly, but very neat. This is one of my favorites. This is one of my favorites. And as this one grew, I noticed kind of a, a growth around the base of this piece of coral. And it was green. And me being green, I don't really know. This is my first experience. I didn't know what am I seeing. I thought maybe the company that I bought the coral from um, sent me accidentally something, right? So I thought, this is going to be kind of neat. What is it? Little green balls down on the base. I watched it develop. I watched it multiply and as I watched it multiply and, and develop, I thought, hmm, maybe I will contact the company and find out, what are we looking at? And <laughs> it's called um, green bubble algae. What I thought at one point was pretty. Um, became not so. As I looked at that, I thought, and, and they told me, they said, if you don't get rid of this, it will take over. They said, it's very important if you do get rid of this mechanically, meaning reaching in and pulling it out, um, do it very carefully. It's simply a bubble. That's all it is. It's a bubble, and it's full of spores. Something pretty that can wreak havoc on my tank. need to be very careful with it because if you pop the bubble, it will or could um, wreak havoc on your tank. So I, I did. I reached in and I got my siphon in and you should have seen me in there trying to clean it out and I said, this is madness. This is madness. I'm not going to get it all. I can't get it all. I need someone who can get in there and can eat this. And so I begin turning your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. There's pretty teachings, pretty ideas that Maybe I get, and we, we let them grow, and we, we let them build, and we, we think they're really cool, and the end. Let's read, read Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, and so 14 through 16. We're here today in church. We go out into the community, and we interact with people, 
We go to church functions. We go to associate with other people. You probably have never experienced this or witnessed this. But Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14 through 16, talks about green bubble algae. You see it? We should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the tricky by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knitted together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in in love. There's ideas that we might get, spores that I may hear, and take me here, take me here, take me different routes. And it's very important. I think in Ephesians chapter 4, there's a call very much to what? Very much to what? What? Study. Yeah. Study to show thyself approved, right? But what is what are we what are we admonished here? What are we encouraged here to do? Speak the truth in love. Yeah. But not be tossed to and fro. Not to be tossed here and there and everywhere by any wind of by every, as it says, by every wind of doctrine. So, we need someone. We need someone to take care of this green bubble algae. Who do you suppose we could get? Emerald crabs specialize in eating green bubble algae. So I bought it. I had quite a bit of green bubble algae left in my tank and so I hired the assistance of an emerald crab brought him to my office and plopped him in my tank well over time I introduced him to my my chemistry and then I put him into my tank next day the individual that I hired the green emerald crab had done his job. While, while I, when I get in there and I start rooting around in my tank, um, there, the possibility is quite high of popping a bubble. Spores everywhere. The green emerald crab, that's what they eat. And they won't let the spores go all over the tank. It's very important when I look at this. Speaking the truth in love, right? There is someone who's able to get into my tank of life and root out the spores in my heart, right? Who, who is that? Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm called to be a, to be a what? To be a fisher of men, right? 
Am I called to be a cleaner of men? No. Because when I clean men, the spores get out. And the spores take over, don't they? Jesus comes and he's able to consume, eliminate the problems. There's also a... There's war in my tank. (laughs) Galatians chapter 5, verse 15, it says, But if you are always... Well, let's introduce this first. I, I didn't buy this coral right here. This coral came to me as a hitchhiker. And they say when this coral is introduced into your tank, um, there is war in your tank. You've introduced unknowingly war. And this coral, it is also something that if in your tank and you don't deal with it, <laughs> could take over. It take over. And it takes over by stinging the other coral around it. And the other cor- coral will, will pull back and will pull away and and the other, this more dominant, will take over. He'll put his arms out. And he'll grow another one. and Put his arms out and grow another one and drive away or push back the, the coral, this one here. Now let's go to Galatians 5. Galatians 5.15 says, But if we, but if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Lesson we can learn, isn't there? Galatians chapter 5.15 talks about that. It's very important how we treat each other here in this church, isn't it? I don't want to be this coral. There is a way to get rid of this coral. I could reach in, grab it, and pull it out. But the possibility of removing this coral and its roots included, if I do it, there's a fish I could buy. And the fish that I could buy eats this kind of coral. That's what they eat. Remember what we talked about, this green bubble algae? Who eats the sin in my life? Maybe not eats, that's not a good word. Who removes the sin in my life? Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. It's important. As I see something in my life that shouldn't be there, maybe I am like this coral. Maybe maybe I'm like this piece of coral and I sting other people around me and I know that. Jesus is a good one to go and talk with. That's part of the reason why I want to go through Ephesians. I think it it starts with the right, in the right place. Ephesians chapter 1 starts, I believe, in the right place. Beautiful tank. This is the current condition. Things that I'm dealing with, things that I'm wrestling with. The tank is growing, it's maturing, but there's things that I'm struggling with. 
There's areas that I'm wrestling with. Do I take care of it all now? No. No. I've very much learned as I've had this tank that's really important to maintain balance. Good chemistry in a tank means it's much easier to deal with the problems that are in the tank. The first thing I look at when I see a problem in, in the tank is the chemistry. Very first thing I look at. Is the chemistry right in the tank? If it is, great. Now what's the next, next step? How can we resolve it? My zooplankton are alive. The process of the tank growth is going. Everything, hopefully, is fairly balanced. What does it mean for me in my life? What does it mean for us here in this church? And how do we achieve balance in our lives? How do we achieve balance in the church as we live this life? As I go and I sting someone, as I, as I hurt someone, what am I called to do? My life can be beautiful. My life can grow. It can mature. It can bless. It can help people around me. What's it going to be today? What's it going to be tomorrow? Is, is my life balanced? Is our church balance. Draw your attention to another piece of coral. This is the very same one. I didn't buy him. I inherited him. So now I get to remove him. Maintaining balance. My prayer is that we I look at my life. I would encourage you to look at your life. Next week, I want to begin, I want to hit the ground running and studying Ephesians. I want to go into Ephesians chapter 1, very first thing, and read through, find out what is balance. Number one, what is balance? And how does balance start? I think that's really important. Understanding maybe I don't have balance in my life. How do I achieve balance? How do I get balanced? I would invite you to sit back and listen, a, listen to a song. It's, it's done by Casting Crowns. It's titled, Start Right Here. Coffee in the lobby We watch our worship on the screen We got a rock star preacher Who won't wake us from our dreams We want our blessings in our pocket We keep our missions overseas Before the hurting in our city But we want to see the heart set free and the tyrants kneel, the walls fall down. 
I'm like the brother of the prodigal Who turned his nose and puffed his chest He didn't run off like his brother But his soul was just as dead What if the church on Sunday Was still the church on Monday too What if we came down from our towers And walked a mile in someone's shoes Cause we wanna see the heart set free And the tyrants kneel The walls fall down and our land be healed But church, if we wanna see the change in the world out there It's gotta start right here Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the lessons in nature. Thank you for what you have for us in the ants, in the bees, in my tank, in the trees, in the, in the countryside, different things that we have that we learn, that we can see and understand and grow. As we study, we find out more about you. We look at the community and we want change. We look at our world and we see it falling apart. We look at the, the areas of opportunity, the areas of struggle. Right now, today, Father, it needs to start with, with me. It needs to start with each one of us. So I pray that start again right now. And continue on. Go with us now, I pray, and in our after service and the activities that we have planned this afternoon. Guide us, I pray. Give us divine appointments. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> 